We're telling your followers that you started a live video. I have indeed started a live video. And uh, I'm waiting for a guest to join. Here we go. And, uh, and here we this hopefully work. With, uh, hello to Mocar, 1984. We're going to go live with Planet Auto and talk about what we're going to... Hello, Ben. There you Good are. afternoon. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well. It's been yet another hectic week, as always. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw that. You've been up to uh, lots of no good, I see. As always, no matter <laughs> what I do, there's more and more increasing car antics every week without fail. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's how it should be. That's it how is, it should yeah. be. So let's go through what you've been up to then. Right, well, I'm trying to think what the last time it was Goodwood, wasn't it? The last time was Goodwood, yeah. That was like two weeks ago. We did promise that we'd do this once a week, but uh, we both kind of—I think we both kind of got busy last week. So um, yeah, schedules take over, don't they? Yeah, things just started happening, so it just got a bit hectic. But still, here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, we're going to make this work every yeah. week. That's the aim. If it doesn't, then you know, we'll. Um, it, was, it was good though. We got a good response off it last time, and um, for those of us, those of you joining us. We are going to put this on, uh, we, well, we did last time put it on both YouTube and on um, Anchor. Uh, podcasting as well, Anchor as well, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, if you want to check it out there, then uh, feel free to do so. Hello to, uh, whoa, whoop, 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 whoop. Word whoop, welcome. <laughs> good, to, good to see you guys. So we're here live uh, with, it's Brown Car Guy, live with Planet Auto. And we're talking about cars, we're taking your questions, if you have any, and uh, what we've been yeah. up to. So you've been driving a fair bit of metal, Ben. Tell me about what, uh, what sort of really um, tickled your fancy over the cars you've been trying out recently. Well, it was quite staggering. It, it's a real shame that you couldn't make it to that BMW day, because the vehicles that they let me behind the wheel of were quite staggering. You know, I, I ended up behind the wheel of the M850i. 530 horsepower, not to 16.39. There's a video of me basically flooring it down a country road up to obviously national speed limit, you know, like we're allowed to. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously. But you should hear it. <laughs> it, it was, I can, um, I can yeah. imagine, I can imagine. Oh yeah, yeah it's absolutely amazing. I also drove um, the X7, an M2, I'm trying to think what else there was. So what's the so what's the X7 like? Because that's the new big SUV with the big grill on it. Yeah, uh, that's what's it. That, what's that like in person? Weirdly, everybody's been saying about the big grill looking overdone, but when you're actually in its presence, it works exceptionally well. You know, it's it's quite a good proportion to the rest of the vehicle and really reflects well with the rest of the sculpting. So yeah. I, and I think the one I drove was the, um, is it the M50i or something like M50d? It was a five-liter diesel, and it a was five like five-liter diesel. Why? Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I, I assume. How much horsepower is that? V8, is it? I can't actually think. I don't know. Are no, we still well, doing diesels. Really... still doing diesels. Why are we still doing diesels? I thought we'd. I thought we'd all decided that they were bad. Yeah, well, a lot of them, if, if you've noticed now, are going the hybrid way, aren't they? For example, yeah. um, I also drove the 745 LE. Now, that was a staggering vehicle, 400 brake horsepower, but it also had the optional 10 grand insert in the rear. So you got rid of the front, the middle seat, and put in a tablet and a big system for using things like your footrest and that. So I was right. driving around whilst Michael was experiencing this chauffeur experience, which was the full, quite the full business business class on the road routine. That's what Completely, about, yeah. yeah. But with four hundred horsepower, where you can basically annihilate a hot hatch in a matter of seconds. <laughs> it's for dictators in a rush. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's for. Yeah, bulletproof windows and all that. Yeah, I bet. Oh my God! So the M2 that you drove, tell me what what was that like? Did you drive the competition or the regular one? No, I went for the um, the standard one. The competition one was there, but I thought it'd be interesting to see how the M2 compared to say the other vehicles that I'd driven, like the i8 uh, mm. and the X1 M Sport. Yeah. And 
it's such a well planted car, but it's got so much power because yeah. you've got that auto box. It's just there. You know, you've got permanent power. Yeah. It's um, a real driver's car. So it makes me wonder if the competition's possibly a bit raw. I don't actually know. Yeah, I drove, I drove the competition at Yas Marina Circuit. And uh, oh, no. it, was, it was very lively. It was very lively. It was quite raw. You're right. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's set up the way that BMWs, you know, kind of used to be set up. Yes. You know, not, not quite as planted in the safe. So you drove, when you, you know, you drove the, uh, and of course, Yas Marina is a pretty, uh, can be a tricky circuit. So you drive yeah. around there and you do feel like, oh, okay, if I get this wrong, it's going to be spectacular. But whilst I'm getting it right, I'm loving yeah. it. I'm loving it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Drift, I absolutely, drift, drift, I jumped drift, out. Like, uh, spin out. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, I jumped, I I jumped, I, I, because we went out in a convoy. We went out in a, in a group of cars and, I, and oh, I, nice. we got back into the track. I was behind the instructor. So the instructor started pushing it a little bit so I could go a little bit quicker. And when I jumped out of the car, when we got back into the pit, I just punched the air, shouted, and the guy came up to me. He did a high five. Do you know what I mean? It's that sort of car. Yeah, yeah. I can believe awesome, it. You know? I really can. Especially on a track as well, where you can completely unleash. Because I had a driving day, so I had A-roads. Which mm -hmm. is, you know, it's very nice because they set out, BMW really think about the routes that they want to take you on. But when you've got a track, you can use track mode and all types of things, can't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tricky. Have you done much track driving? No, not really. I mean, I've done bit. a fair bit, but I still wouldn't call myself a track driver because there's a certain discipline and there's certain techniques and stuff that you have to apply, which, you know, not a lot of people, a lot of people think they know, but they don't necessarily know. So if you sit next to a really good track driver, you suddenly, it opens your eyes as to what you can actually do. But you're right, a track does allow you to start to push the car a little bit and to start to play with it and just to see what it can actually really do on the, on the limit, which, you know, on the, on the public road, you can't do. Interesting exactly. thing that happened. Yeah, well, I, I noticed that last last year we went to um, the Mitsubishi Outlander launch and it was held at the Grand Tours Celebrity Track and they got out four, no, three Evos and a 3000 GT and there was a Tommy Mackinnon, there was an FQ440 and something else and I can't remember what it was, but I thought I'd be a relatively good track driver, and I got in, and I was sat next to India's number one NASCAR world champion, which I didn't realize till I came back and Googled Who was, who's that then? I, uh, I'll soon tell you. Um, this is so weird. I'm being joined by my son. Junior for real. Junaid, what are you doing? I'm going to somewhere. Edit. I'm loving the videos coming out from your channel. Yeah, those of you that haven't checked out Junji For Real, at Junji For Real on Instagram, go check him out. He's put up some magic videos and he's been doing some animation as well. So he's getting into some pretty fancy video stuff as well as, of course, his incredible card tricks that he always does. But Yeah, uh, yeah he seems to be quite a magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's actually genuinely very good at that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah no, definitely. Yeah, and he's available for hire. For a small fee, of course, you know, I might be taking a little bit of a commission there, but he's available. So <laughs> he's up for that. He's free over the summer. So anybody got any gigs, you know, lined up in the London area, you can, you can come and do it. Say hi to uh, Riftero. How you doing? Thanks for joining us. So those of you joining us, like we did before, Welcome. we're online, brown car guy with Planet Auto. And we're just going over the stuff that we've been up to and what's been going on in the world of cars. And we've just been comparing notes on driving on track. And one of the things I was saying, that one of the things I've learned over the years, like I said, I'm not boasting of being any great track driver or anything like that. But one of the things I've found is that it's quite, it's quite weird when manufacturers launch cars or take cars to the track because some cars don't work on the track. Yes. Some cars actually are great road cars and yeah. don't work on the track. And no. vice versa, some cars are great track cars, and actually they, they actually suck on the road. You yeah. know? So, and there's very, it's very rare to find that balance where the car works both on the road and uh, on the track. Now, I'll, t I'll give you an example. I've never been a fan of the current GTR. <gasps> Shock that, horror! I was Am I gonna, allowed to yeah. say that? I was going to say, and I, I'm sure that they did a track edition only for that. Because that, I think, was it Top Gear or someone did it, and it could literally only go on the track. Well, I didn't drive the track edition only, but a couple of years ago, I did drive the regular GTR for the first time on a track. Now, uh, now the reason I've, I've always said... With Have the you GTR, driven earlier GTRs? I mean, like Skylines and that. Yeah, yeah, no, those are great. I remember driving an R32. I remember reviewing an R32 here years ago, and that was great. I loved that. I've but driven an R33 one, for six months. That was um, entertaining. Yeah, 
They're lively. They're lively. I yeah. mean, they'll, they'll, they'll play. They'll play, yeah. but they, they'll give you something. Else. And I think yeah. that's the problem I have with the current GTR is that it doesn't give you anything. It's just everything extremely efficiently and awesomely. And yeah. it's just like, it's just too much. It just does too much. So on the road, I found that it was quite an intimidating thing because it was one of those cars where, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. So this was going back maybe eight, nine years ago when I was still doing a Middle East edition of car. And me and the deputy editor, we were doing a twin test. For some reason, we had the GTR and we had the Cadillac CTS-V. Oh. Uh, that was with the, um, I think it was a 5 liter V8, uh, 575 okay. horsepower, something like that, you know? Manual gearbox, saloon car with a manual gearbox, you know? And uh, we took off down one of our favorite roads over to the east coast of the UAE. And uh, he was in front and he was pushing in the GTR and I was all over the back of him um, on the, uh, with the uh, Cadillac. And we got to the other end and we compared notes and we're like, wow, you know, we're really quite surprised how quickly those two cars went. Yeah. And um, he said, I couldn't drive the Cadillac as quickly as you drove that. And I said, well, let's see about the GTR. So I drove the GTR to another, another leg of our, of our route and uh, it was phenomenal. And at the end of it, I jumped out of the car and I gave him the keys back straight away. And he goes, what's the matter? You don't, you don't, don't you want to drive it anymore? I said, look, I could drive this for the rest of the day and I could probably go quicker and quicker and quicker until I crash and die. You know, ah, that's what's going to happen. Because right? it's, it's one of those cars that will just go as quick as you dare go, but you don't feel that it will tell you when it's going to let go. That's the problem. Um, interesting. And, and, and so fast forwarding back to a few years, a um, couple of years back from now, I finally got to drive one at the Autodrome. And suddenly it made a lot more sense to me because of the track you could start to really push it and really start to understand what it did. And it was just so much more impressive on a track than, than I'd ever found it to be on the road. So that's yeah, crazy. It's, it's quite interesting. That is very crazy considering all the videos that are out there of, you know, GTRs being floored around roundabouts and yeah. dual carriageways and so on. Yeah. I'd like to experience that just to see how it does perform on a track now. Yeah, no, it's that's one for the bucket machine. list. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Hello to I am Sakib. How are you doing? You joined us last time. You're back again. So here we are. Thank Brand you. Our guy, Planet Auto. And we're just going through what we've been up to, cars we've been driving and stuff like that. So, I mean, so you had a couple of cars. So you went to the BMW driving day, but then you, yeah. had, a, you had a Mini after that and you had um, a BMW as well. Yeah. Martin was very nice to give us a 3 Series one, uh, 318D and the 60th anniversary Mini Cooper S. Yeah. So, so I was, so we I was went quite down jealous. in a 508. So let me just say, I was quite jealous when I saw you guys with the Mini, because I like Minis, and I thought, oh, that's, that's a good-looking one. It was really nice. And then you said it was automatic, and I was like, it was. Hmm. Honestly, it was a very good driving experience, very engaging. Um, I drove the JCW last week, and it, was, it felt far too lively. Yeah. It's almost like the traction control or something was off. I mean, if you put your foot down, I've driven cars with torque steer before, but this thing was almost skipping. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, I've never driven a JCW before, so I don't actually know if that's what it's supposed to do. Are they supposed no, they're, they're to They're very do? lively. Was this the one with the roll cage or was it a regular road car? No, it was a regular roll cage. Ooh, nice. Yeah, they, no, they, no, they, no, this they, is a road car. A few years ago, not, I think maybe not in this generation, but a few years ago, they did do one with a roll cage as well. So. Ooh. Yeah, but this, but the the John Cooper works. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nutty little thing, but it's yeah. highly enjoyable. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I found about this. I mean, it was only 190 horsepower compared to what is it about 230, something like that. So there's not that much in it. And according to what I've read about the um, 60th anniversary, it does not 60 in anything between six seven and seven one, which yeah. is pretty quick for a seven speed automatic with a you know yeah. two liter turbo. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun little car. But I think with those cars, it's more about the experience than the outright performance. It's just oh, about it is, definitely. You know, how you, get, how you engage with the car and how you enjoy them. Is, I'm assuming it's electronic power steering, but it's weighted so much, it feels like hydraulic. Is it, is it electronic? Cause I it don't used know. To be. Have they updated it I now? assumed it would be. Because it's new, but I don't actually know. Yeah, I'd have to look into that. I, I don't know if they've updated know. them. Feels I, I, you might be right, though, because obviously that now forms the, the platform from the, for the new One Series, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so they might have changed it. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. I don't actually know. Electric, electric power steering is, 
it's still so difficult for people to get right, honestly. Yeah, um, well, Annabelle, if you saw last week, managed to drive the um, MGZ SEV as well. Oh, the EV. Oh, cool. Yeah. How was that? Um, she found it absolutely immense in the fact that she could drive around congested London a lot calmer than she would be able to in, say, a manual. Yeah. Because it was, it had enough oomph to zip between, um, you know, 30 and 40 miles an hour quite easily. The yeah. other thing was, have you seen how much it is? No, I, I don't know. We saw it at the show, didn't we? We saw it yeah. at the London Motor Show where it was uh, basically debuted. But we didn't, I don't remember if they told the price there or not at the time. Hello to no. Rahan, by the way. The thanks price for wasn't us. revealed there. A brown car guy live on Instagram with Planet Auto. Thanks so much for joining Hello. us. Any questions okay. you guys have, just please fire them at us. We're talking at the moment uh, about the MG EV, the new car that was launched at the London Motor Show, where we both actually saw it, but we you did. had experience with the car. Yeah, well, Annabelle and Joseph drove it, and um, it's absolutely staggering how far it's come, because it's now got a 163-mile range, and that's on what they class as... Uh, you know, country driving and so on, doing a long haul. But as soon as you move it into a city environment, it increases to about 230. All right. So in town, it'll get 230. And on a yeah. longer run, it'll get 163. Interesting. Yeah. Are, are all manufacturers issuing two ranges now? I honestly don't know. It's no, the first time I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, normally, the they just give is... you one range, don't, don't they? And it's just that. Well, yeah. That's what you expect, isn't it? You know, yeah. like Tesla 240 or whatever it is. But also with electric cars, it's kind of tricky because sometimes, I mean, from my limited experience, I mean, I remember driving the Chevy Bolt. Yes. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm an electric car skeptic, you know, but we took it all the way from Dubai over to Fajera, which is at the other side of the country, East Coast. So um, that's about, what, 300 kilometers, from just under something like yeah. that, you know, and um, we used up about half, I would say half a tank. It's not half a tank, really, it's about half the charge, right? But yeah. what we found that going up the hill, so we have to go, so you have to go over the mountain range to get to Fajera to get to the east coast, right? So, you, so there's a lot of climbing involved, high speed climbing, and at that time yeah. we used up quite a bit of the battery. But then what happens is that then there's a downhill bit, right? And then you put it onto region. And I remember recouping about thirty to thirty-five percent of the battery charge. That's crazy. Yeah, just because of the downhill bit. That's so by the time we got to Fajera, it actually recovered it? that. Yeah, that, that's where um, the MGZS EV comes in as well, because I think it's got three or four modes called KEPS, which is something to do with Formula One, of what I've heard. And um, it's got these different modes of regenerative braking. But here's the big question. How much do you think it will retail for? Oh, I don't know. I'm still struggling with the pricings over here because the prices of cars here tend to be a bit higher than I thought. Than I remember, put it that way, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what's, a, what's a regular MG? Let's do let's do that. What's a regular MG that is? Um, which, I, which I should know because I did review it recently. Anything from about twelve and a half to seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a half. So let's say twenty-three thousand pounds. You're right. Interesting. Right. There. I think. Well, the th clever thing is, at the moment, you get that whatever scheme that they give you about three and a half grand. Yeah, point. there's a government cashback. Electric vehicle grant. Well, yeah. they knock off three and a half, and for the first thousand people who buy it, MG will match it. And I think the car works out, at, is it about 23,000? For the exclusive trim, yes. Yeah, 23,000 for the exclusive trim. And this is close. Hey, that's, one, that's one for me. Yeah, you're pretty much dead off. on there, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> with, you know, the reductions and so on. Yeah, um, I just snatched that out of the air. <laughs> yeah, you, maybe you've been in the car industry some time. I don't actually know, you know. That <laughs> might, might have something to do with it, yeah. Yeah, intuitive mind and such. Um, <laughs> but the kit on it is amazing. I mean, it comes with things like adaptive cruise control. You know, it's, I mean, the other one was NCAP 3. This is targeted for NCAP 4, NCAP 5, dependent wow. on how it goes, which is considerably better. And um, it's, it's quite amazing because it is going to be the cheapest electric SUV in the UK. And it's an SUV. That's extraordinary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. So tell me about the, I mean, how long did you have the car for? Well, the SUV. The MG. Um, Annabelle had it for, I think it was about four hours. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. 
but that's because it was a launch from Marylebone. I can never say that word. London. So, all right. Okay. So it was part of a launch thing. Right. Okay. See, so, so my question with EVs really is about living with them. You know, it's about how they actually are, you know, to, to live with, to charge and stuff like that. Now it's funny because since we last spoke, because I think I remember saying to you and to some other people, they're just even looking around my area here, Kingsbury, Northwest London. Yeah. Um, you know, previously I, I found only one charger that was up at the at the top uh, where the petrol station is near the big roundabout. But since then, I see that they've started to uh, demarcate some areas on the high street where it says electric cars only. Ah. So I think they're starting to put some charges in and stuff like that, which weren't there before. And exactly. already I'm starting to see a, a few more around. You know, not quite. Um, in people's buildings, but certainly in public areas and in car parks and uh, like in the local Asda, for example, here, I've seen yeah. a couple in there and stuff, you know, so they're starting to get more and more of them. So the real question about this is really, is it now feasible for people to own and run these things, you know? I know. Well, that's it. I, people will probably know that I live around the Lake District just outside Kendall. Now, yeah, I never, ever used to see Teslas this far up. And, and right. I mean, never. And now I've actually seen two drive through my village, which is absolutely wow. immense, considering the majority of them were in London or the Midlands. Because yeah. Michael used to see quite a lot around Nottingham. There was a company, right. uh, I can't remember its name, something like Custard or something. And they made it their um, ethos to go out and buy a load of X's and S's to be this new company that had electric cars. Right, right. But to see so them it's, all, it's all about being in a city environment, in an urban environment, where people feel that they can charge them. But sort of the people are a little, the range anxiety probably getting to people when they're thinking about going out of town. So it's exactly. interesting now you're saying that that's changing a little bit. Yes, completely. A lot of the high-end hotels around here have well, as well have got uh, Tesla superchargers and the standard um, EV chargers you can find in places like Ambleside and Windermere now. Whereas you never could. Because there was yeah. no call for electric cars. You'd see the odd i3. That's yeah. about it. I love, I, love, I love that picture that was circulating of uh, a Tesla being charged from a Tesla charging station. And the Tesla, the, the, the little Tesla charging thing was actually then connected to a petrol generator, which was actually... <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'll have to look for that. <laughs> it's been, that's it's like a meme around. That, you know? It's been doing the rounds for a while. That's a meme of a meme of a meme. Yeah, that's hilarious. But talking of EVs, of course, we've, we've had some supercar, hypercar EVs launched. And hello to yeah, you, yeah. thanks for joining us. And just to, to introduce to those people watching us now, thanks for joining us. As again, this is Brown Car Guys, joined by Planet Auto. We're just talking about what's been going on in the world of automotive, what we've been up to, and happy to take your questions as well. And yeah. I was just going to bring up hypercars. And of course, since we last spoke, Lotus, You're going to mention the Lotus, aren't you? The Lotus have revealed, the Lotus has revealed their hyper, hyper, hyper car. Yeah. You know, the 2,000 horsepower, 2,000 horsepower from a Lotus. Yeah, I know. Uh, Avia, 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 yeah. uh, which is their EV hypercar, zero to 100 in under three seconds. I mean, literally, do you need like a neck brace to drive this thing? Yeah, this exactly. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, you need to change the gravity in the car just so you can drive it. But the thing is, interestingly, they're, they're claiming a 400-kilometer range for this thing. So you could go touring in it. This is incredible. And, yeah, and, that is. And, a, and a charging time of 18 minutes. I don't know how they've done that. That is rapid charging at its finest. I don't think there's anything remotely yeah. close to that. I thought it was about yeah. 45 minutes. No, that's incredible. Hello to Sunny Evenings. Yeah. That's Ali. How you doing, Ali? Thanks for joining us. We're here live. This how you is doing? Car Guys. Let's so joined by Planet Auto. And we're just talking about the world of cars and happy to take any questions as well but yeah so what's your i mean some people have said you know is it very lotus is it lotus to do this thing and, well, and i'm like okay you know i'm biased honestly because i'm i just love lotus so i just i can't you know i can't get that i can't get away from that but the way i would justify it is i think that lotus for a long time has been in a little bit of the doldrums i mean they haven't launched a yeah. new car for nine years no uh, their financial situation has been up and down and all over the place and i think that for them it was a case of you know putting a flag down and yes. telling, them, telling everybody you we're, know, we're still back. here. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think that the, the Avia is, the, is uh, typical of what's to come from Lotus, but I think that's basically them saying, look at us, look at what we can do. This is what we can achieve. And then there's other cool stuff going to come in below that. That's what I reckon. Hello to Detail Central. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, we're no, that would make sense. Go on, Ben. Hello. Um, 
Yeah. They basically pulled a McLaren, haven't they? Yeah. Where they've gone, ooh, yeah, we've yeah. got this new technology. We've got, we're going to make something that's going to appeal. Now, the biggest challenge they're going to have is convincing someone to pay, what, two million for a loan. 1.7 million pounds. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that is it's crazy. a large chunk of money it really is especially oh by the way plus taxes oh <laughs> uh, yes yes let's uh, try and forget that word yeah. um let's hope boris sorts that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is like 130 imagine this 130 of these are going to be built right at two million a pop think about that 260 million in the bank it's crazy isn't it <laughs> crazy but, money you know, think of it this way that's that's nice development money for the next release oh yeah you know what yeah. I would love to see? You know what these manufacturers doing these continuation projects? Hello to Yo, Yo, where that Yo, Yo IT Ten. Yeah, how you doing, man? Thank you for joining us. We're here live. This is Brown Car Guys. Should I shake live with Planet Auto? We're talking about the world of cars and what we've been up to and stuff like that. And we're just talking about the Lotus Evia. Have you noticed it's not died once this time? Sorry. Repeat yeah. that, Ben. Have you noticed it hasn't died once? It died three times last time, and it's been I think, seamless. I think that's because my kids are not home. <laughs> oh, so they were hammering <laughs> your connection. Right, that makes they're sense. Probably, they're probably trying to soak up the internet. So at the moment, it's just, it's just me and this, so that's, that's, that's good. So we'll, I was we'll going to say, it's working as as very we well. Yeah, this, it's this, nice to do yeah. it in one go as well. That'd be oh, quite yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's utterly bonkers, but I do think... So what I was saying... Continuation cars. We've seen them from Aston Martin. We've seen them from Jaguar. Please, Lotus, I want to see a continuation Esprit. That's so do I. I. Yeah, I'd love to see one of those. I mean, it's like when Lamborghini did the Miura concept. It was a Miura that just looked wider and slightly more retro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do something like that. Lotus, create exactly. something well, that's going to make you know the what blood they... pulse. Yeah, basically, keep the same shape, yeah. keep the same external shape, right? Yeah. But just make it mechanically updated. Yes, exactly, yeah. So they're they're like the, the David Brown Automotive um, Mini. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. something like that. Have you check got anything on review Brown, this, this week, then? joining, just check out. And Junaid, Junaid's on the, Junaid must have heard me say, Junaid must have heard me blame the kids for soaking up the internet. The yeah, it's looking that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all right. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Amusing. Have you got any cars well, on review this week, then? Okay, so let's hang on. So let's just read this out from I am Saki. I'm not a fan of EVs. Still, countries uh, depend on hydrocarbons for producing electricity. Well, that's a very good point. You know, I yeah. mean, where is the electric power coming from? And I often say is that we're not we're not really uh, solving the problem. We're just moving the problem. So we we're are, just yeah. moving it out of the cities. That's all we're actually doing. But it's still a problem. And I, and I keep saying that I think EVs are a stopgap solution or part of a solution, but I don't think that they are the end-all solution. I think that we need something else. And honestly, personally, I still uh, I, 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 I put my faith into hybrids for the time being. I think that they're the best of both worlds. Yeah, I like hybrids. Well, you know I like hybrids. One of my yeah. favorites is the i8. I love it. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd have one of those tomorrow because... I can put it in sport mode to charge it. Who needs to plug it in when you can just drive it like a lunatic to charge it? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I drove the i8 at the launch, but I haven't driven it since then. But um, yeah, it was it was a very very interesting. Well, the launch unique. right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. When it so was that wouldn't small. have been an X drive, would it? Well, I don't know. I know. I guess not. No. No. That's what I mean. You need to drive the X drive now. It yeah. is so planted. Such yeah. a fun car. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. That's interesting. Because I, was, I wasn't, like, totally blown away with the car. So maybe right. it would be interesting to try the new one. Yeah, um, that was fun. I, honestly, I had it for about 11 days, and I put three tanks of fuel in it. Wow. Yeah, well, so hybrid, that, that's how much some, I loved it. I just kept that, refilling it. <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I tell you, the other hybrid, the hybrids that I didn't used to believe in, um, oh, yes. I, drove, I drove the Fisker Karma um, oh, a few oh, years ago, word. and no, that was I, a range extender hybrid. Yeah. And to me, range extenders didn't make sense. I mean, like, okay, you have an engine in there, and yeah. it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so uh, I didn't really believe in them until I reviewed the the London Taxi recently, the new one. That and looks good. I know it's, it's not got the range in the world, but it's a, yeah. it's you know, it's basically the size of a Cullinan by the look of it. 
Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's actually not that much bigger than a traditional taxi. It just looks it because of the way that they've designed it. Uh, and okay. you know, they've just given it a more spacious, a much more spacious interior. Right. Um, but they can do that because it's an electric vehicle. But yeah. it's a range extender hybrid. So it does have a 1.5 liter little Volvo engine in yes. there. And yeah, that yeah. only comes on, but that only comes on when it needs to in order to charge the battery. But as far as the taxi drivers are concerned, they can go around driving the thing in full EV all day long. And yeah. Uh, with the sort of, it got about 100, I think it's got about 150 uh, uh, mile range and stuff like that, which honestly, during the course of a day in London, you is actually you. sufficient. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, no, makes sense. Yeah. So what they're finding is that people, the taxi drivers basically using it on EV during the day. So that's why they're just whisking around quietly in London. And then by the end of the day, when they're running out of charge, they can just basically use the range extender to get home. And then when yeah. they get home, they can just plug it in ready for the next day. I am Saqib. That's what we're doing. We're discussing how to make ice efficient or more yeah. efficient because all hybrids going further, they just, they are evolving, aren't they? You're getting bigger ranges, yeah. you're getting smaller engines and you're getting lighter cars. So you're getting yeah. a much more efficient system. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about efficiency. If you want to talk about efficiency and power, I mean, how much horsepower they're getting out of the Mercedes A45 from a two liter four cylinder engine? I mean, yeah. that is incredible. Yeah. What, they, what they're managing to do with these things is absolutely, it's bonkers, actually, if you think I about know it. it. Well, it's completely thrown me how, you know, when you can get 225 brake horsepower out of a 1.6 petrol, and I'm yeah. thinking my Orion injections used to be 105 brake horsepower yeah. with yeah. a 1.6. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, same with the BMs I, and that. I keep talking, people keep talking about all the power and so on. When people drive a, a Toyota 86, a GT86, as they call it here, and they say that, oh, it hasn't got enough power. It's got 200 horsepower. My E3325i had 170 horsepower. And that exactly. Was <laughs> My Golf GTI's had 138. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, come on. Oh, I know, but, it staggers me. Have you driven yeah. the 86 or the BRZ? I, I've driven the 86 a lot, yeah. I've driven the car. BRZ and I love that. It's so yeah. much fun, it makes such a growly noise. Yeah, no, it's great. The Boxer engine does is a very distinctive sound. So yeah, it, it is. It, it, yeah. It's a very nice engine, yeah. yeah. But the 86, yeah, I've driven it extensively. Uh, absolutely love it. And to anybody that says it's underpowered, and, and uh, it's not. It's no, perfectly it's not. balanced, you know? Yes. yes, it can do with more power, but as it exists, it's absolutely fine. And also, there's a little bit of a myth about it being this drift car, but it's not really a drift car. No. Um, because, well, okay, it kind of is and it isn't because there's kind of two types of drift. There's, if you like, the traditional initial D type of drift, which is basically using weight and momentum of a car yeah. um, to drift a car, right? So it's not using yeah. power. It's just using the pendulum effect of getting the car sideways and then balancing it, which is highly, which is, you know, something that requires a lot of skill. Oh, yeah. Then there's, and then there's more... It. If you drift, then the more yeah. common uh, modern way of drifting, which is what used in all the drift time, which is basically power. Have you power, drifted power, power. then? Sorry? Have you been drifting before? I've, I've, I've had a couple of goes. I always, with, do you know what I did? success. I intuitively correct the drift. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I can't drift because yeah. I feel out of control. So I, I intuitively yeah. correct it. And yeah. The guy's like, you have to let go. And I'm like, I'm not. There's no yeah. way. I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite tricky because what, what, what you have to do is you have to get through that self-preservation instinct of your brain barrier, yeah. you have to break through that because basically drifting is being on the other side of the edge of grip. It is. Right? Which for most human beings is a very uncomfortable place to be. It is. You know, because you don't want to be in a car that's not actually gripping. No. That's called drifting. You know, yes. that's actually what drifting is. So yeah. you're quite right. It's like uh, the immediate instinct is, for, especially for people like us who have been in these situations, when you lose control of a car, you immediately correct it or you slow down and you catch it and you, you, yes. you, know, you don't, basically you don't want to have a crash. You know, so no, you exactly. Yeah. But, but drift drivers, they have to go on the other side of that. And yeah, stay no. there, you know, it's so the it's, same with like the, you know, the guys who do Paris to Dakar and that. Yeah. I, I knew a driver once, um, Richard something, I can't for life and remember. And he used to work, he had, um, I think it was a discovery and it used to do 0-60 in about four seconds. And yeah. I was like, what is it? And he said, um, it's a, uh, it's a Paris to Dakar racer. I was like, oh. Yeah. And he says he was permanently driving in the bit where, you know when you crash a car and everything goes into slow motion? Yeah. He was permanently in there. In that realm. Yeah. yeah. Everything is much slower like, for them. Yeah, yeah. How? You know, you yeah. see something and then have to slowly 
even though in your, you're actually doing it fast, but your mind's working so quickly that it appears slow. It's absolutely bonkers. And I've yes, got a lot is. of respect for rally drivers. Yeah. A huge amount of respect. And Especially I've got group Bs. Of, sorry? Especially group Bs. Especially anybody that's doing that kind of stuff. And, and, and just as much respect for navigators. Yeah. Because oh, how yeah. they're able to yeah, maintain what they're doing in yeah. a car. So I did an event with Mini once. Yeah. where we had like a, 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 basically like half an hour's tuition on how to be a navigator. Oh, dear. And, and then we got to go out with, have you heard of Nasser al Yeah. Middle East rally champion, right? And uh, he's done international stuff. Basically, he's good at everything. He's even an Olympian as well. He's got <laughs> Olympic, I think he's got an Olympic bronze medal as well. And um, so I got to go out with him in the mini. In the Welcome uh, in rate mini. 515. Yeah. So, um, and then basically now, unfortunately the sound didn't get recorded uh, the video is there, but the sound didn't get recorded because I started off trying to do this thing and then yeah. I just completely lost control of it. And I just started shouting out instructions and all you see is just him laughing his head off yeah. and he's just babbling away. Yeah. And yeah. Car's still going for a break, mate. You know, he's just going for it because he's Nasser Olivea. You know? no. But I mean, the level, the speed at which he was driving, the level of control, but also the level of nonchalance that he had whilst he was doing it. And because he was just laughing his head off at the same time, because he was just listening to me spouting all of this nonsense. And he was just laughing. He was just like, Shazad, you know what I would doing. pay like, to yeah. listen to that. I really so that would. Was, yeah, I, wish, I wish I had recorded the sound, but you can just about see what's going on. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I had a go in that car, which was phenomenal. You know, so I got, got, got to take that one to drive an actual rally car. So um, that was pretty oh, awesome. Oh, my. So, yeah, uh, no, they're so got, got to do so a few light jumpers. They're just like lightning. Yeah, but but also like it's the suspension of those things, especially the rally raid cars. Yeah, the suspension is just phenomenal. Big travel. Yeah, because we were out in the desert doing this, and so you're going over ruts and dunes and stuff like that, and basically you're just flattening everything. You're flattening yeah. the desert. That's what it's like. You know, it's phenomenal. You know, I need to and then Nasser did some massive. He did some massive yeah. jumps at the end of it, and literally you think, okay, I'm going to break my spine when we land, but you land and you're fine. And then, like, and then literally you regress to a little kid and you're like, no, sir, do it again, do it again, do it again. <laughs> I can understand that. I really can. Every time I've been out in any kind of car experience, I'm just like, that's so cool. We need yeah. to do that again. It, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I have to experience it just to see. Have you been out with a drifter? Hmm? Have you been out with a drifter? No. Oh, you've got to do that. Oh, man. It's just the most funniest, hilarious thing. It's just brilliant. Hello, I can Thanks for joining us. You know, hope you're well. Sorry? No, no, no. Just... You, just, you just look out the side window and laugh. That's what happens, you know. Well, <laughs> I, right. Actually, I've not been out with a drifter, right? However, in 2015, I did get to co-drive with Nelson Piquet Jr. Oh, my goodness. Wow. In the BMW i8 safety car at Donington oh, wow. Park. And... Yeah, realistically, he was drifting permanently. Yeah. And he was so, you know, he was just like looking out the window and everything, you know. And he's just doing this with his little finger and his car's doing all this. And, you, I mean, I think this safety car, it had 37,000 euros worth of AP racing brakes. It had a completely rebuilt chassis and it had a higher... Um, kilowatt engine as well something like one yeah, must have as done. opposed to 110 yeah he must have done to get it to drift and he must have been able to switch all the traction systems off as well. it was just, the other thing. yeah it was just i was sat i mean if you go onto youtube you'll actually yeah. see me and then in my northern thing i say something along the lines of which makes me cringe to this day ah you definitely got your skills off your dad then didn't you grins <laughs> at me <laughs> i was like oh dear oh, i couldn't dear. sound any more sean bean if i tried Oh my God. So let's just say hello to Ian, who's joined us. Ian, who is actually going racing himself this year. So good luck to oh, you, nice. Ian. I hope that works out. Hi to Alex69Ali. Hi to Janez J. And hello to Habib. How you doing, man? Hello, sir. He's a well-established, well-respected, very senior journalist of the Middle East, uh, Habib Chouaili, who's joining us there. Nice to see you, sir. So, well, cool. um, so we are live with uh, myself, Brown Kargai, Shadak Sheikh with Planet Auto. And we're just talking about what we've been up to and what's been going on in the world of motoring and taking some of your questions as well. So feel free to jump in. So we've been talking about, we've gone from new cars to hybrid cars to minis to drifting and to rallying. That's, we've, 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 
we're not really sticking to any particular no, theme here. We think. never do. We never do anywhere. <laughs> we didn't even in the interviews, did we? We started no. off going, oh, so what are you doing? Oh, let's move to here, and so on. Uh, have you yeah. got any cars on review this week? Because I've got a rather special one. Have you? No, I don't have anything at the moment. No, the last one that I reviewed, I've got something coming. The next one I've got coming in is August. And, of course, I reviewed the DS7 Crossback, which is now live. Um, uh, I reviewed that. Actually, it's live in several places. I reviewed it yeah, I've seen that. News on their website. Video. It's in the Asian Leader newspaper in Manchester, which I think is out this week. And it's also just gone live on Drive Tribe as well. So search for my tribe, which is the Brown Car Guy tribe, on drivetribe.com, and you'll find it there as well. Another thing that uh, an article I'm really quite pleased with that I put onto drivetribe.com last week is my roundup of the best car of every year of the greatest decade ever, which was the 1980s. And that's had, I think it's had over 180,000 views on Drive Tribe now. So it's done, well done. Yeah, so it's done that's really, good. really well. And people have really enjoyed it and got a lot of great feedback. So do go and check that out if you get a chance. But uh, yeah, that, and that was good fun to write because that's, 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 that's my scene, you know? Yeah, same with me. <laughs> It's really hard. Actually, to be honest, it's really hard because there's so many. When you start to go through, and I did miss quite a few cars, but when you start to go through the cars of the 80s. Well, there's DeLorean's 80s, isn't it? It's just endless. It's just never ending. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, that's yeah. an even better one. It's just, yeah. where do you stop? You, know? you just need to start thinking about the movies and looking at the cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the things about, um, I think, particularly the 80s where... Um, and to be honest, I think to, even for me, because a lot of my car uh, interest and my car enthusiasm comes from pop culture, I think, you know, yeah. uh, because we discussed this last time and it's like nobody in my family was ever interested in cars. You, yeah. know, I, I, you know, like, unlike a lot of people, my dad wasn't into racing, my uncle wasn't a mechanic or nothing like that. It's just purely somehow I was into cars. And yeah. my earliest, earliest memories of cars are seeing them on television and movies, you know, and yeah. just being gaga for that, you know. Um, and I think that that's, I think, how a lot of people relate to them. And I think particularly the 80s helped with that, but also the 70s, you know? Yeah, I mean, definitely. A lot of great stuff in the 70s as well. I'm sure there are a lot of people who will say 60s as well. 60s, I mean, yeah, you know, you got the muscle cars, you got the yes. bullet things, you got a Le Mans movie, you got Grand Prix movie. So, yeah, I mean, some incredible stuff in the 60s as well. So, I think well, that's it. And then you go the back to the 50s and you get some of the beautiful Jags as well. Yeah, yeah. So but it's, it's like anything, but this is the thing. It's like the fifties for me. I don't know about you, but for me, the fifties starts to fade away a little bit. Yeah, it's like that doesn't. You know, I mean, it doesn't register as much. No. So kind of mid sixties onwards for me is kind of when it kind of really starts to kick in. I so think like the it's, it's stuff probably seventies for me then, which would yeah. make sense. Things yeah. like the Miura onwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, definitely yeah. a generational thing. I think you relate to the cars that you kind of. You, you, you've grown up with. I think that's often the case, you know. Contact. So, uh, yeah, contact, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So I think that's definitely got a lot to do with it. Is what cars that influenced you when you were younger. And I think they basically, they form your interests even going forward, you know. Oh, they do. That's yeah. not to say the new stuff isn't great. It is. But, you know, you can't help but look back, you know. And I think you've got to look back to look forward, right? Yeah, you do, certainly. Well, that's what they did with the P72, isn't it, by De Tomaso? <laughs> they looked that way and then went, ooh, we'll make it look like this for now. I think, I think with that one, I think they also they did that, but I think they also spent a little bit too much time watching Wacky Races. You, know? <laughs> you need to see it in person. I know, I just can't help look at it and just I know, I know, I, I get it. really cartoonish Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I've seen it race down the track. I've also seen it on the stand. Uh, I yeah. think my TikTok videos currently got about 2,380 hearts Oh, on fantastic. It. Yeah, that's what I mean. This car yeah. is just climbing and climbing, which isn't bad for an account with 3,000 followers. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, good, outside, I've currently how got... How can people brands. follow you on TikTok? How, how can people find you on TikTok? TikTok, you just go to TikTok, type in Planet Auto... And you will see lots of car stuff. And I mean loads. Everything from Goodwood. And then we've got all the other stuff, including some of the car reviews. I put on the more special stuff. For example, the Air and Senna NSX that we were lent by Honda for Oh, man. Days. That, was, that was amazing. Yeah, that exactly. Um, I'm trying to get something else off them at the moment. But it's working out which one to go for. It's probably be something Mugen. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, what we should do is when I get one of these is meet up somewhere and have a, a crazy day of Mugen. Yeah, let's do that. Let's absolutely do that. Yeah, I'm real, real Honda guy, as you know. So I love, I love Hondas. I've not yet driven that uh, current Type R. Oh, um, it's I, immense. I, I, I struggle. Immense. I, I have to be honest. I struggle with the looks of it. Really? Yeah. But I a lot think of people it say looks better it, than the previous version. I yeah, think the previous I mean, I love, version. But a lot of people say that when you drive it, you forget the looks. But you I, will. I do struggle with the looks. The FKA is absolutely immense. I exited a slip road at a speed that I didn't think was possible on the slip road. <laughs> I spoke to everybody at Honda, and their exact words were, we wouldn't have one as a daily racer because we would get banned too quickly. Yeah, that's a problem. And I said, I can completely relate. I mean, yeah. it does 0-60 in 5.7, but it does 0-100 in, no, 0-60 in, is it 5.3, and then 0-100 in 5.11.7? Uh, so, so I've just got to stop you there for a minute. I've just, you've got to keep talking for a few minutes because I've just had oh, a well. message, my son. He says, can you open okay. the door? He's actually put a message right here on the Instagram. Oh, I'm just going to run and do that. Just, just talk about no yourself for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, welcome. I'm chatting with Shazad Sheikh, the brown car guy. As you can see, he's left a nice picture of there's, there's some motor in the corner. I can't actually see what it is, but we've got a window there. So we're chatting about everything and anything to do with cars. The cars that I've been driving this last week, some of the BMW powerful things like the 850, and we're just about <laughs> to talk talk about the review car that I've got outside, the brand new Skoda Scala. The Scala, that's nice. Say hello, yeah. hello by the way, to Jero212. Thank you for joining us. He's hungry. Uh, aren't we all? Sorry, you may have tuned into the wrong live uh, yeah. thing. This is not, <laughs> this is not brown car restaurant Tom. takeaways. That's some big Tom. <laughs> Hello to bikes, cars, and cars for joining us. So we're here. Welcome. Brown car guy, Shazad Sheikh, joining with Planet Auto. And uh, I had to just disappear there for a few minutes. So what were you talking about whilst I was away? You were talking I about your slowdown. I just gibbered about the things I was driving. And right, I was right. also, I was uh, quite intrigued by this. When you disappear, the window yeah. stops going white, and you can see a car in the car park. There's, so at the car park from where I am at the moment, there's a Volvo of some kind, and there's a little Mini parked out there. Ah, right. Well, I could see yeah. the headlamps and nothing else and a window. So that might have been a Volvo. It's a red Volvo S40, maybe? Something like that? Not yeah. very exciting. So... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Skoda. Let's talk about the Skoda. I think that's more interesting. Well, there's my view. Blinding. It's just blinding. Yeah. I can't see it. That's it. All you can see is like to the right of you. All I can see is what looks like white. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Else. Yeah. Hi, also to DoCam and to Huram Tenny. Hello, thanks for joining us. We're here live with Planet Auto, just talking about cars and stuff. If you guys have got any questions, jump in. Yes. And uh, we are now going to talk about the Skoda that you've got on test. Yeah, the Skoda Scala. I mean, it's literally been out about one week, hasn't it? Something like that. What is it? What is a Scala? A Scala. You know the Skoda Rapid and the Rapid uh, Spaceback. It's okay. replaced those. Okay. But so it is it kind of like a crossover now or what? No, no. just looks like a car. But it, it's, oh, it's, it's a, a decent-sized hatchback. Yeah. And as standard, it comes with things like basic LED headlamps and soft-touch yeah. plastics on top of the doors. But the crazy thing is, I mean, this is me we're talking about. I ended up with 62 to the gallon the other day. Wow. That's One litre, three cylinders. Yeah. Well, it is for me. If you watch any of my reviews, you know, I am known to have a lead foot, lead foot, so can't talk, so, lead so, foot. Yeah, one of those. So is yeah, it, is one this of a petrol or a diesel? Um, there's a diesel model and um, a couple of petrols as well, but we have, we've got an SC. But the crazy thing is it starts at 16,500, which I think is relatively good value for a Skoda that's basically WVG, and yeah. built very well, and does 60 to the gallon. And can still pull nuts 60 and 9.8. Not bad at all. Not bad exactly. at all. Yeah. Yeah. So well, so well worth checking that out. Oh, um, yeah. Hi to Insta, Insta, Insta J. Thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. So uh, let's uh, let's start to wrap this up and let's tell people where they can follow you, follow how you're getting on with that Skoda and where, where people can find you. Well, YouTube, Planet Auto, you will see loads of stuff. 
Uh, we've had some challenges with the microphones this week. My phone decided to put on noise cancelling whilst interviewing people with cars. So you can hear me and then you can't hear anything else. That was challenging. Oh. Oh, so dear. instead, it's, you know, it's the Canon job because I had to buy a new mic because that broke as well. It's oh, all dear. part of this car. It, it may point out I'm driving a little quick on Benz. Who knows? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. You can find us on YouTube as Planet Auto. There's about three or 400 videos. We're also on Roku as well. You'll find interviews with the brown car guy. You'll find our adventures on there as well. We're also How has that been going? Did we get much response from that? Yeah, we're getting slow, slowly getting response on TikTok, um, on Roku and YouTube. But you know what it's like with YouTube. If you put something out that's a bit yeah. special, it takes yeah. a while to get traction. Yeah. Whereas the MGZS is flying. 1,100 right. views in about 24 hours. Yeah, I think the new unusual stuff is often the stuff that picks up. And there's a good point you make also about sound. I mean, there's something that I've struggled with a lot is trying to get the sound right. I bought a new mic, which has helped. But it's, it's always a tricky thing to, to get that right because it's one of those things you never know if you've got it right until you're editing yeah, I know. And putting it together. So It's when you watch it, you're like, oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, but stay, so um, stay tuned. I might be doing something interesting tomorrow. Maybe, Ooh, maybe not. We'll find out. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, just stay tuned to, uh, to my uh, channels or Instagram and uh, all the rest of them. Browncarguy.com, hashtag browncarguy. That's where you'll find me. So this has been our, well, our not weekly catch-up. It should have been a weekly catch-up. So yeah, it's ended moment, up this is our fortnightly catch-up. Yeah, um, that'll do. And it's been good fun. Hope I'll you guys have enjoyed this. that. Sorry? Maybe stay tuned over the weekend. I may be driving or looking at an M6 and possibly a heavily supercharged Jaguar. You never know. Ooh, the supercar Jaguar has got me interested. Supercharged Jaguar has definitely got me my interest peaked. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. I, li this I like that, I like that cars. Sort of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so cool. No. Thanks to all those people that joined us. Hope you enjoyed Thank it. You. And uh, stay tuned to all our channels. Keep following. And we will try to come back again live, hopefully this time, around this time next week. And yeah, that'd be, be perfect. Yeah. yeah, cool, man. All right. All the best to you. See you later. Thank See you. you. Bye. Bye.